All right, so as I kind of said a little bit earlier, uh, you know, I kind of spend Monday uh, going over everything that I've already taught, and I'm like, what do I want to review? And then, you know, I kind of think about it and, and pray, and then Tuesday I'm kind of like, okay, well, let's go this way. And, you know, by Wednesday I'm, I'm really trying to put together everything, and I thought I knew what I wanted to do, and then, of course, I had... Uh, brain flip and uh, I somehow some way ended up studying the Trinity anyway um, so I'm not really going to review anything that we've already talked about I will try to get through the Trinity so that we can maybe have one minute to ask for questions and answers <laughs> um, see how I do that that way I don't get too many hard ones um, but no, if you have if you have some uh, throughout, that's fine. Uh, but I just I, I wanted to talk about the Trinity because my whole couple weeks that I've been talking about was specifically God the Father, theology proper, just study of God the Father. Uh, Pastor Brad is going to be talking about God the Son, right? Jesus next, and then after he's done, I'm going to be coming back and I'm going to be teaching about the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. So we're going to essentially look at each uh, part of the Trinity anyway. So I thought, well, why not just do it? So um, this is where I'm at. However, I, I am going to put a disclaimer out there that the Trinity, uh, with my finite mind and trying to explain it to you, I might not do it justice to explain the essence and the purpose of the Trinity, but I'm going to try my best because... Um, it's one of the most difficult things for our brains to comprehend in Christian teachings. Um, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't study it and try, right? Um, because when you think about all the stuff that I'm going to try to cover, uh, it, it's, it's just out there, right? And it's, this actually is one of the main reasons why um, there's so many different uh, religions. And, and this is a, one of the focal points um, I, I call absolutes, one, you know, there's five absolutes, this is one of them, you know, believing in the, in the Trinity. Um, so, uh, I will try to do it justice, but again, um, we'll see. First thing I want to talk about is just the basics here. Uh, if you can try to uh, grasp a little bit of what the Trinity is, uh, you're on your way. <laughs> um, and... I'm going to boil down everything I'm going to talk about into these three statements right here. Uh, the Trinity reveals to us who God is. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one. Okay. Uh, it reveals what the Trinity is like, holy, eternal, and sovereign. Uh, it reveals how he deals with humanity as creator, savior, advocate, judge, and healer along with a lot more and then the trinity also uh, shows us what he expects of us and that is to love and honor one another each way that each of the persons of the trinity love and honor each other um, so we'll dig deeper into that uh, but it's the essence and purpose that i'm hoping uh, we can focus on so start at the basic uh, the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's a triunity. Uh, it's only one God, okay? So it's not three gods, it's one God. Uh, and 
They are three individuals, each fully God, right? And that's why we get the three in one. And boom, right off the bat, it's like, well, wow, that's crazy. Uh, I could try to do the whole egg and apple, and that's great for the elementary age to kind of start their learning of what the Trinity is. But even that, like, they're separate, okay? You got the skin, which is separate from, from the, the meat of the apple, from the seeds, and they all have their different purposes, but this is, they're all one. Like, it's one essence. And again, like, I'm just trying to explain it to you, and my mind just is all over the place. Um, so you just, one thing that I learned in math class that I've applied to this uh, in my Christian uh, understanding, a math teacher once told me, you're struggling because you just don't accept that this is the way it is, right? And once you accept two plus two is four, you'll get it. Well, finally, I just, I was like, all right, I'm not going to try to dissect and explain why two plus two is four. Just have to accept that it is. Well, I took that same concept, and let me tell you, it's much easier for the training. I just accept their training one, okay? <laughs> the Bible tells us that too, so, you know, so I got truth to back it, but it is hard, so... Um, I'll, it's, I'll tell you, it's, it's fun to, to study. They're all equal, okay? Uh, there's, three, there's some things here that I, I want to make point. Uh, the Father is not greater than the Son or the Holy Spirit, right? Um, with, uh, you know, God the Son getting that label does not mean that he's inferior to the Father. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not just some errand runner that kind of helps the other two. You know, like going to the grocery store with a grocery list and going down the aisles picking groceries. Um, there, none is, is greater or lesser than the other. They are all equal in everything. And they're equal and they work together in such beautiful harmony that uh, if you turn to uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, um, this is one of the better passages I found to try to explain it. There might be better ones. And please share if, if you have them. I know I could have gone to the baptism where we see the three. Uh, that just proves the three. But this kind of shows what the purpose and essence of the Trinity is. So Ephesians chapter 1, um, we'll go there. So when we read this, I want you to, to think about this. Verse 4, it's going to talk about a phrase, chose us in him before the foundations of the world. And what does that mean? Then in verse 5 and 9, it's going to say the Christian is in Christ. right? And then verse 13 to 14, uh, it's going to talk about how God the Holy Spirit is the one who secures our salvation. So you're going to get a beautiful picture from verses 3 to 14 of how God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit work. All right? So starting in verse 3 of Ephesians here, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding, and he made known to us the mystery of his will, 
according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So in verse 4, the chose us in him before the foundation of the world and this whole predestined, you know, we could get, you know, spend probably weeks talking about this. Um, but one thing I, I learned that kind of really made sense to me this week is that uh, God made a choice that back before creation and, and when he had this plan in order, um, he, he had a choice, uh, or we have a choice, of those who eventually come to him by faith and receive that imputed state of forgiveness um, to become holy and blameless. Um, he, he gave us that. So, so, you know, when he says that, you know, we're chosen in him before the creation, he's saying, yeah, those that believe in my son and his work on the cross, they're the chosen ones. Right, um, so they're the predestined ones to receive this holy and this blameless righteous life through my son. Um, so that's God the Father making that plan. Well, then verse five and uh, nine we have in Christ, which we see that Jesus is the one who fulfilled that uh, sacrificial um, lamb who provided the blood for the uh, for the forgiveness. And his work on the cross accomplished our salvation. And then 13 and 14, it talks about uh, the mark, the, the seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is amazing. I've never actually thought this. I've taught this, that the Holy Spirit lives in us. And even with the teens, and I think I did a, a study up here about um, being superheroes. You know, we're superheroes because we have the Holy Spirit in us, the greatest, uh, you know, Avenger you want to say or whatever uh, there's shirts out there that pastor Brad and I wear with the, all the Avengers and then Jesus is sitting in the middle and he's like hi you know they're like what do you do you know it's you know well Jesus saved the world so um, but the idea here is did you ever sit and think that God the Holy Spirit lives in you right God the Holy Spirit I mean, that's just, I never actually, I just always said the Holy Spirit, but God lives in you. I mean, that is just something that um, I actually tried to focus on a little bit more this week to just, just grasp that concept, you know, and it made me think of that superhero thing where, wow, you know, we have this power, right, through prayer. Prayer is amazing, right, and the Holy Spirit helps us, um, but that's a whole nother, I'll save that for when we get to the Holy Spirit, but um, so you get to see here in Ephesians chapter 1, the picture of God the Father, God the Son, and uh, God the Holy Spirit working together in the plan of our salvation, the working of our salvation, and then the securing of our salvation. Um, all just working together from beginning to end, and it's a beautiful picture. 
each person of the Trinity had a particular role, yet worked in that perfect harmony. Um, uh, John 17, 20 to 26, there's a, a prayer that Jesus offers up where he prays that we uh, have the same understanding and love uh, that he has with the Father and the Holy Spirit and how he's praying for the unity and, and praying to the Father uh, for uh, throughout the Trinity's communion and it directly flows. It, I mean, it's just this beautiful picture. Um, so, yeah. So that's just the, the three in one. Uh, one God is one thing that we have to really understand here. Uh, and of course, Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is is our uh is one lord forgot to eat um and uh this is the idea of monotheism versus polytheism which if you want me to review a little bit that was the very first lesson i taught on with the little gods and how he gave the commands right the ten commandments you know have no other gods before me and he told them do not marry into the pagan nations because they believe in a, a polytheism and and their worship of god uh, is just wrong and they're going to bring you down uh, and then of course in the New Testament we get that whole idea of being equally yoked right um, you know those that are saved marrying the unsaved and, and can get into all of that um, but there's a caution all the time um, with this thought of one God and again uh, a lot of different religions uh, mess up on this um, because they don't believe Jesus is God. Uh, they believe that he was just this wonderful prophet, um, and, but they don't give him the title of God. So this is another point that uh, we have to make clear. And here, uh, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, might. Uh, that's, I went over that last week, Elkanah. Uh, he's a jealous God. Right? He doesn't want anybody. And I'm telling you, uh, if he's the creator of all things, uh, he is the only one that can, you know, he has a jealous love for us. Uh, the idea here, um, you know, if we've ever experienced jealousy, uh, imagine how God feels, right, when we worship or put idols ahead of him. It's the same idea, um, except, uh, you know, yeah. And of course, James 2.19, have to throw that verse in there because, you know, even Satan and demons believe that there's one God, one God, right? Um, they don't believe there's multiple gods. They believe there's one God. Um, they're just trying to confuse all of us, and they're trying to, to manipulate us into having more or take away that reverence and that worship of, of the one God. Um, any thoughts or questions so far? Okay. Moving on. So God the Father... We're going to just do a little snapshot of all these. I've already told you he's a spirit. He's immutable, which means he uh, doesn't change. Uh, he's eternal, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. He's a provider, healer. He's a victor. He's holy. He's jealous. Uh, he's a shepherd and much, much more throughout the scripture. Uh, Matthew 6, 9 says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And looking up the word hallowed, uh, it's just a simple way of giving God holiness or separating him from everything else. It's, it's magnifying uh, his name. Uh, it's the first thing that, um, you, know, uh, you know, that 
is prayed in here, and, and a lot of people say that you should start off by giving God the praise. Um, you know, I don't think there's one way to pray, obviously. Um, so, uh, but some people will put out a format, and uh, I typically try to, to pray uh, giving God the glory first, um, because without Him, I have nothing. So, uh, but hallowed is this sacred separation. Uh, he wants his name to be uniquely valued. Um, and it's just beginning uh, your prayer to let his name be worshiped, exalted, honored, adored uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so it's kind of surrendering lordship to him. So, you know, so there's a lot of different things out there. Uh, so, yeah. But I'm not going to go into prayer because I've already taught that too. And we can go back if we need to someday. <laughs> Any questions on this? Alright. So without going into too much detail, God the Son, I kind of just put a snapshot in here of uh, starting back uh, in Exodus 3, 14 to 15 um, when God is talking to uh, Moses uh, in the burning bush. Uh, I put that there because, you know, obviously Jesus references that down in uh, John um, 8.58 eventually, but we have the prophecy of, of God the Son coming, right? Uh, for us a child is born, uh, to us a son is given. We have that famous Isaiah uh, passage that is read uh, whenever we talk about his coming. Uh, we have Luke 1, 26 to 38 uh, with the whole cousin, uh, John the Baptist and, and Jesus and jumping in the womb and, and everything, which I love. Uh, Titus 2.13 uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 6, Philippians 2, 6, talking about uh, how God the Son comes down in, in human form, uh, putting on uh, the form of a bondservant. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, Hebrews, since that's a closer one, we'll go to Hebrews chapter 1. We read this one. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. <clears throat> The whole of uh, Hebrews is talking about how Jesus is better, right? Uh, and he gives a lot like angels and, and the priests. And you know, um, here in verse 3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. I mean, you can't get more clear than that, right? Um, you want to know who God is? Well, the Son, and throughout Scripture, who is compared to as a Son? Jesus, right? So it uh, says the Father and I are one. Um, so Hebrews 1.3 is a great uh, verse to always have if somebody um, gets in that conversation about you know, Jesus being uh, God. Any questions on this one? All right. The last one, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that uh, you are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? Uh, that is the verse that really shook me when I was studying it and kind of reminded, wow, God lives in me. Like, I, I knew the Holy Spirit, but when you think about it, you know, God lives in us. And that is just an amazing thought. Uh, we know in Isaiah 40, 13, he's omniscient. Zechariah 14, 6, omnipotent. And then Psalm 139, verse 7, he's omnipresent. So God the Holy Spirit is all the things that God the Father is too. Right? And, and God the Son, because we know that uh, Scripture, right, it says, um, you know, 
God pretty much wrestled with Jacob, right? And uh, the for, the words there uh, is pretty much, uh, you know, God the Son. So, um, any questions on that? I'm skipping through the, the Holy Spirit here. Because I'm going to save a whole lot for later. No questions? All right. So those are the three parts. Uh, but I was trying to think of a question that uh, when I was studying, and I think I had to do around creation. Um, but this is one of those areas where, uh, you know, you can actually see all three working together as well. And, and uh, I, I loved studying this one, Genesis 1.1. Uh, we have in the beginning, right, God created, Elohim created, uh, God the Father. Uh, in Colossians, go to Colossians 1.16. Because when you put these verses together, uh, it shows that all three were present at creation. <clears throat> Where is it? Somebody want to read that? I can't even find I think Colossians, I, I don't know, that might be the hardest book for me to flip through. Anybody have that one, 116? For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. Okay, so verse 16 says all things were created, right? But if you jump back to verse 15, it says he is the image of the invisible God, right? So it's talking about Jesus and the supremacy of Christ and how he's the firstborn over all creation. So uh, the idea here is that God the Son was present here uh, as well as God the Father was creating and God the Son was creating. And then, of course, one of my favorite parts, uh, it talks about how the Holy Spirit, the Spirit hovered. <laughs> right over the waters uh, so we know that the Holy Spirit in Genesis 1 2 uh, the Holy Spirit was present as well uh, and then uh, Genesis 2 7 During the creation as well, uh, Genesis 2-7, uh, it says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Uh, some translations may have a different version, uh, but the breath of life, the spirit, whatever, the Holy Spirit um, is, is there. And of course, Genesis 1-26, it says, Let us, you know, this is one of those uh, that you can study. The us is referring to all parts of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It says, make man in our image. right? Not my image, but our image. Uh, in our likeness. Right? So the, the words here are very, very important. And when I was uh, witnessing uh, to one of my colleagues who uh, retired a few years ago, um, Jehovah's Witness and I would take him to verses like this and then uh, I'd go to uh, verses in Titus and Timothy and where it says you know the great appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ 
you know, the language, the way that these sentences are constructed is very, very important. The words that are used are very, very important. So when you have to study uh, the Hebrew and the Greek of the words and you look at it, it's very important. I mean, it's us means multiple. Well, what does that mean? Well, when you study it, you know, God is saying, let us, it's talking about the Trinity, right? Um, so you can't deny the, the uh, language, the English makeup of uh, the sentences even, because that is just as important um, because it really puts into perspective of it. Um, Job uh, 33, 4 talks about um, how God, like finally Job is just broken down. He's like, okay, God, like your understanding is way beyond mine. I cannot even fathom, you know, who, who you are and what you're doing, but I, I'm, I'm worshiping you. I love you, and, and that's the bottom line. <clears throat> so final thoughts on this. Uh, often it is objected that if uh, Jesus is God, then he must have prayed to himself while he was on earth. Uh, but the answer uh, isn't there. It's simply applying um, that uh, while Jesus and the Father are both God, they're different persons. So when he prayed to the Father, yeah, he's praying to a different person, a different part of the Trinity. He's praying to the one who made the plan, right? Um, so he's not necessarily praying to himself. He is praying to the Father. Uh, when he's hanging on the cross, the Father's... You know, he, Jesus asks, like, you know, why do you turn your back on me, you know? Um, and it's just this, uh, this loneliness that he feels. Uh, and I'm pretty sure every Easter we talk about that. And that is just, I don't know, to me, that's one thing that uh, really hits home uh, with how our sin placed on him separated the Trinity for a little period. Because he couldn't look on Jesus because of all of our sin. Um, so there was, for the first time, I think, that, that loneliness that, that uh, Jesus was feeling. Uh, in fact, uh, precisely the continuing dialogue between the Father and Son uh, throughout Matthew, John, uh, it furnishes the best evidence that they are actually distinct persons, but yet sent around the same essence, the same uh, purpose, and that was, all the way from the beginning, the salvation, right? Uh, the gospel message. Uh, let's see. Another final thought. Uh, <laughs> sometimes the spirit is treated like the force in Star Wars. <laughs> I found out that some people think that, that they must have the, what are they, the midichlorians? And, uh, you know, they have that force, but it, it's, it, <laughs> the Holy Spirit's a person. Um, uh, it's not an it, but a he. It's represent. I mean, it, Throughout Scripture, the Spirit is a He. Um, the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person, not an impersonal force like a gravity, is shown that by the fact that He speaks, He reasons, He thinks, He understands. Remember last week I talked about how He has a mind, a will, and uh, emotions, right? Just like we do. Um, all these are qualities of a personhood. Uh, another serious error people have made uh, is to think that the Father became the Son, who then became the Holy Spirit. Uh, actually, contrary to this, the passages we uh, can look at imply that God always was and always will be three persons. Uh, there's never a time when one of the persons of the Godhead did not exist. 
and they were all eternal. And then the final thought here is, while the three members of the Trinity are distinct, this does not mean that any is inferior to the other. Instead, they are all identical in attributes. They are equal in power, love, mercy, justice, holiness, knowledge, and every other quality that we can give them. So, that is what I have for you on the Trinity. Gave you too, many, too much time. Yeah. Might be one of my shortest ones I've ever taught. Questions, thoughts? Yes. So if there's three of them and they're all basically the same, why is there three of them? <laughs> what kind of questions that? Yeah. What kind of question is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's really important. I like that you distinctly said that there are three different individuals, kind of like what Beard's pointing out to here, um, because there is. I actually found a local church. I won't name them, um, but there's churches that believe that God morphs between the three because they say there's one God and they don't want to break the one God rule. So they say that. You know, God the Father turned into Jesus, who turns into the Holy Spirit based on... There's real churches around here that teach that, by the way. So be careful of that. Um, and the one way I explained it, uh, when I started looking at like, the higher dimensions, because God is outside of space and time, you can't think within our space and time of how to explain God. So the one best way I explain a lot of times dimensions of people is flat piece of paper. That's two dimensions. So if, if you imagine there's people that lived on a flat piece of paper, they couldn't leave the th to the third dimension. But we live in the third dimension... If you put ink on all five of your fingers and you put it on the piece of paper and then lifted your hand up, it would look like there was five different individuals on that paper, but there was really just one hand. And when you and then you could ask, well, how are there five in one? Say, well, it's in a higher dimension that exists outside of what we can even comprehend. And then they'd ask you, what's which one's really God? The thumb, the finger, or, or which one's really the hand? The thumb or the finger, the ring finger. You say, well, they're all God. So that's like I won't even give you a full glimpse of it, but it's a way I can explain to people how. Outside of higher dimensions, things can look very different to us in our world. And if you left here, it, once we leave here, it'll make a lot more sense, basically. But it won't make sense to us while we're here. No, no. It's, yeah, it's, like I said all the way back, this is probably one of the hardest parts of Christian teachings that we have to accept. <laughs> you know, just, I, it is. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, how can God wrestle with somebody? But yet, come as a baby, when it's just, I mean, you start thinking about it, you'll, you'll get lost in it, and then a lot of other thoughts will come in, you know, because one of the things when I first became uh, a Christian, uh, or not a Christian, but when I rededicated my life and I was in high school, you know, I'd always ask Joanna, I'd be like, so one question I always want to ask God is, how long were you there before you created Earth? Like, how many years was it, you know? And, and, and I want it in human years, you know, because his time, like you're saying, he's out of time, yeah. right? And, but I finally realized, you know, I don't need to ask him that. I don't need to ask him that uh, because he always was, and that's probably what he'll say, <laughs> you know? Uh, or I'll get some parable. Um, <laughs> and then my finite mind may not be able to figure it out in heaven, but... You know, I'll spend eternity. What did he mean? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> One of the disciples might come over. Listen, I've heard enough. This is what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but no. Yeah. I, I, don't, I just accept it. And it's, it's not just accept it, but I accept it as truth. Um, studying it and, and just knowing that God's, you know, and that's one of the things I've also talked about 
uh, the revealing. You know, the more the more you study and the more you seek after God and and study, the more revealing there is. And and I think the more peace there is, the more wisdom we receive, the more knowledge and understanding uh, we have. And and I think that's why you know you can just kind of sit back and relax and stop that you know not questioning, but um, yeah, I think I think there's that peace that comes over. So, yeah. Another, I look at it uh, maybe a little different, not different, but the same. God, the eternal creator, knew there was a problem with sin. So he was going to come to earth in his own flesh, in the, is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Pay the price for our sin. Then he was said he was going to go back with the Father, which is the same. Mm-hmm. But he said he was going to leave a comforter, the Holy Spirit, which is God himself in us, Jesus Christ in us, mm-hmm. by acceptance. So we have the three is, is if you think about it, you go crazy. And that, mm-hmm. But that's how, that's it. Yeah, that's it. He was him. He came with him. He leaves him in us. Mm-hmm. That's the three. Amen. <laughs> yeah. I'll just make a point on the one verse. You use Colossians 1.16, which I think is a really good verse because it talks about how he made things you know, in, hev- in the earth and in heaven, which really goes back to your little gods. Because it mentions thrones. I like it doesn't say like he made the cows, the humans, whatever. He starts mentioning thrones, dominions, powers, and it's all these spiritual powers that some people worship as the gods, and there's different ranks. So I really like that you picked that verse as well to show that he's not just the creator of things on earth, but all the spirits, because then it defeats the people that tell you there are other gods to worship, because that verse right there kind of squashes that. Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, that concludes theology proper, the study of God the Father. Uh, we'll go to God the Son next, uh, and I have no idea how long that will take, uh, but then after that, I'll be back doing uh, God the Holy Spirit. So let's pray.